You're listening to the Madcast Media Network. Madcastmedia.com. Facade, I'm afraid. <laughs> it's all of a facade. <laughs> all right. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Stev, you want to go ahead and kick this in? Yeah, sure. All right. Go for it. Okay. Welcome to Super Arrogant Bros. I am Stev, the owner and host of this show. And with me is my co host, Dirkum. I, I am Dirk. I am like the Robin of the Super Arrogant Bros compared to Stev. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Green tights and all. (laughs) (laughs) And today we have a very special guest. Do you want to introduce yourself, good sir? No. No. I'm I'm just going to make it really awkward not say anything so people can guess who I am. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, actually with us is is somebody that I'm I'm very excited to have onto the show. I've wanted to do this for quite some time, but now that I have a better way of having guests on the show, I can do this. Uh, I want to introduce Guru Larry. Larry, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to be able to talk to us. It's quite all right. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so... In watching your videos, I've seen you refer to yourself as Guru Larry for so long. Where did mm. that name come from? Uh, that came from uh, about 2004. I used to present a live phone-in show called Game Guru, where people would ring up asking for cheats for various games and stuff like that. I mean, this is just before sort of the internet took off, really. So okay. That's why everybody. Right. Yeah. So basically, uh, and everybody was a guru on Game Guru. So I was Guru Larry. I mean, Wes was on there as well. He was Guru Wes, but he absolutely hated the name, and he wouldn't call himself that. So, <laughs> so yeah, you just come along from that sort of. Uh, that's how I was known on the internet. So I doubt many people know that's where it come from. Really, now it's just hmm. I'm just Guru Larry on the internet now. Just well, you know. Now it makes more sense. So can you, I've got some listeners that are not very familiar with what you do on your YouTube channel. Oh, uh, would how you I mind, uh, giving an introduction <laughs> to, uh, to what you do? Oh, hello. Yes. Uh, I do various sort of, um, informational sort of retrospectives on various anecdotes and silly things that happen in the games industry over the years, you know, more funny and shocking and stuff like that, rather than just going, Ooh, top 10 super Nintendo games and stuff like that. And so, uh, I got one about, uh, one, one up last week was, uh, canceled games that you can play that are hidden in fully released games stuff like that yes uh that one actually touches on my favorite platforming series which is rayman and i oh. didn't realize there was going to be a 2d uh rayman sequel hmm. so how did you find that out uh well i just it's just uh research just finding stuff over the years i, I look on i google stuff and looking through old gaming magazines and if i find something interesting i'll note it down mm-hmm. and when i've got enough relevant information i'll try and compile it into an episode I mean, there's stuff I've sat on for years. Okay. Uh, so it's hmm. not just a quick, like, BuzzFeed-style, uh, quickly whipped up 10 uh, listicle kind of article or video kind of thing. It's Oh, like, no, no. You've, you've sat on information for a long time and found the yeah. right time. Yeah, and I'll make sure that nobody else has covered this topic as well. 
just in case, you know. So so I do get sort of completely original content and stuff like that. Okay. And can you talk about what the the research process is like or like do you tend to stumble on the trivia that you find? Uh what do you mean by stumble? Yeah, there, there's sometimes where I'm going to be like going through 4chan and I run into a thread that mentions something that I don't realize and I go look into it further. I do that. I mean, sometimes it leads to a dead end and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm usually pretty lucky in that there's normally at least one or two sources or something. So, yeah. So if there's several sources, I'll try and go for it. Okay. But most of it's old gaming magazines. That's why a lot of the information isn't on the internet. So okay. people haven't got around to uploading it or anything. Gotcha. Uh, now, can you tell us about your history on on television? You know, before you were uh, more prominent on the internet. Uh, well, I started off being sort of a contestant on various video game game shows and stuff like that. I started when I was about twelve or thirteen or something. Uh, so I got you know addicted to being that sort of person who goes on game shows and stuff. But then I got a job. Somebody uh, wrote into an Xbox forum saying they were looking for people to be on this uh, show called Game Guru. And uh turns out I was the only one who entered, so I got the job. <laughs> what was the experience hey. like? Because you pretty much got this this gig that like thousands of kids would look up to. They would do, yeah, but nobody else applied. Well, actually, my friend applied and he uh he got the job as well, but then he quit. But then, <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that's that was just, just pure luck more than I got into it. Okay, and uh, did you uh, like just just leave the show at some point, or did it end with you? Oh, the show ended. They basically, they want to turn it into a, a show of life phone-in show for psychics and stuff like that. So they found giving false hope to the bereaved was more profitable than video game tips. So, <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. And so with with you being able to to join... I'm not, I'm not bitter, by the way. Oh, not bitter. <laughs> no, not, not bitter. Not bitter at yeah. all. <laughs> so with you being able to do uh, gaming television, so we had a channel called G4 a long time ago. I have no yeah. idea if it's still up and running. Do you have any idea? Uh, me? No, I, I think it went. I think... I, didn't they merge? They merged with Tech TV, didn't they? Well, yeah, like, there, but... do you think there's much of a of a purpose for gaming television at this point? Uh, well, the problem with gaming television, it all seems to be produced by people who have no idea what gaming is mm -hmm. uh, a lot of the old execs consider gaming to be a, a comp competitor to television you know that somebody is using the television for doing other stuff than watching television on so why should we give them free publicity uh and free advertising to take away our audience so that's how they consider it so that's why they don't bother doing gaming shows well that's how i felt that's how we perceived it in the uk okay that makes sense mm. So, so yeah, so that's a lot of problems like that. Yeah. Now, when when it comes to researching for your your videos or your content, uh, can you describe some of the weird rabbit holes you might have stumbled into? Uh, well, it's, it's really old gaming threads and that you have to go through archive of all because the web page is long since being deleted and stuff like that. So that's kind of a nightmare. So you have to find a page that's still working and stuff. And just just for an off the cuff comment that somebody made in a forum or something once upon a time, so that's a bit of a nightmare trying to do that. And uh, gaming magazines are the worst. Uh, <laughs> okay, well a nightmare because like somebody said, oh, there's a review in this magazine and it's like twenty years old, and you go on eBay to find this one magazine and somebody wants thirty pounds for it, and uh, <laughs> well, I, so yeah, so I spent quite a bit of silly money. And actually, there's a, a, a video I'm working on at the moment about. Um, 
terrible video games that were given ridiculously high review scores by magazines and stuff like that. Uh, oh. There's a place, yeah, well, there's a PlayStation magazine. They gave uh, The Phantom Menace 9 out of 10. <laughs> and yeah, and the PlayStation one, and uh, and it's nothing to do with the fact they flew them out to, f- to see the film being made as well. I mean, nothing like that, no. <laughs> okay, yeah, I actually do have a history with that because when I when I used to shop at GameStop as a teenager, and hmm. the the reps there would try to sell me on Game Informer by saying, "Out, oh, you know, the reviews on this magazine." are a lot more critical about the games, whereas the mm. Nintendo Power is going to kiss up to certain games. They're not going to do that on Game Informer. Like, they mm. used Sonic Riders as an example. Uh, yeah. Nintendo Power gave that a high rating, but everyone else hated it. Oh, Actually, I've got a, a review from Game Informer. Uh, the Shantae on the Game Boy Color, they actually slated it uh, for some reason, and they gave it 6 out of 10. What did they say? Oh. Uh, they just said it was a kid's game and it was boring. And they didn't like oh, They couldn't get their head around a, a Metroid. Oh, that's all right. They said that uh, there's no, the game gets boring after a while because the enemies always appear in the same place. And said, well, that's the same for every video game ever made, really. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like, yeah, you soon get bored because the enemy's always there in the same place. Uh, yeah, I would, I would assume so. Yeah. So, so, as far as rabbit holes go, though, like, uh, I'm talking about like a, a certain subject that you decide to research on, and mm. the, like the the deeper you go, the weirder it gets. Uh, I've been quite lucky in that department. I mean, there's some some really messed up facts I found in there. I mean, there's one about uh, it's like developers committing suicide and stuff like that. So I've always been a bit scared about covering death. Mm-hmm. That, so. Oh, that's gonna so be a downer really, episode if you do. Yeah, that. really dark stuff. And I've had to cut stuff out because they get really, really dark as well. And I don't want to sound like somebody who's like profiting off the dead and stuff like that. I feel a bit terrible about that. Okay. So, well, with with us, what we do is uh, we we like to try exploring the more interesting parts of gaming when we can. So mm. we don't want to profit off of somebody offing themselves. Obviously. Yeah. yeah exactly. But yeah. do you want to talk about some of the weirder facts that you've discovered that just didn't make the cut in videos? Uh well, uh, there's a company called uh, Rabbit Software, um, who basically stole a load of games from America and, and sold them over here. Uh, and the guy, the guy was a bit highly strung on that because his business is going out of uh, going down because you know they're getting sued for doing it. And uh, basically, he had a crash on a highway, and it freaked him out so much that he uh ran to the nearest tree by the side and hung himself by his trouser belt. Ooh, oh yeah. my god oh yeah it's it, it can be a very um well mentally unhealthy position getting into gaming actually uh in oh, the in the development at least i i've yeah. heard about the developers of mortal kombat 11 some of them getting ptsd uh because they're trying to get detailed gore in the game and so they're using real life examples have you heard of that at all or do you think that i haven't no that's that's quite dark yeah. do you think that'd be true though <clears throat> uh well there's plenty of uh, footage on the internet of finding finding horrible stuff like that so it could well be i mean yeah, you, I mean, you can go to like, like the gif board on 4chan you can go to live leak and view gore if you want to um the ptsd part of it i'm not sure about that well if I mean, yeah. I mean, if you sign up for a job developing Mortal Kombat, I mean, you got to know what you're letting yourself in for. But <laughs> mm-hmm. definitely, so, 
So for the next thing I want to ask about, uh, yeah. Peter Molyneux has been yes. a punching bag on your videos. Uh, yes. And this is for obvious reason, but what's your biggest beef with him? Uh, I, I just think it's the making of false promises. He opens his mouth before thinking most of the time. I mean, he's not going out of his way to con people. He's just uh, biting off more than he can chew and stuff like that, really. Yeah, I think the nail in the coffin was pretty much that Godus game he did. The Godus game? Yeah, he tried to remake Populous, really. Don't, don't you remember? He, uh, do you remember that, that cube game that you have to keep tapping to click away on it and the person who got the final tile uh, got like a percentage of the game? The sales and stuff like that. I don't remember that game. Uh, um, yeah, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, it's this game. Yeah, it was a free game. You just click on it and stuff like that. They click on this giant cube, and you have to sort of devolve the cube by clicking on it and that. And like millions of people getting down on, and the person who got to the 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 center of it first uh, will get this uh, almighty sort of game life changing prize. He got it. He, he said it was, and it turned out to be nothing. He didn't give it at all. Oh, yeah, Curiosity, what's inside the cube? That's it, yes. Yeah. Basically, it's a giant oh. cookie clicker type game. Oof. <laughs> oh, and, man. Yeah, he offered to make uh, give someone profits on a multiplayer on the, his next game called Godus, and basically he cut out multiplayer, so the guy didn't get a penny. I think he ignored him for several months and then just gave him a poster, I think, is it? Or something like that, yeah. Yeah. Eurogame done a really interesting article about it. A while ago and and you know what the really big thing that actually irked me about Godus was so it's on steam but it also has an android app hmm. and uh, i believe the one thing that actually got me like it got me to the point where it's like okay this is kind of a nice looking game i like terraform stuff there's a chest i have okay i have to pay money in order to get the chest open okay i have to pay money in order to get more territory okay this is we're just gonna turn this off mm. and i just i didn't know i didn't know anything about peter molyneux until until i started really getting into this like when when the podcast started when super arrogant bro started popping off i started mm. kind of looking into all this stuff and i kind of forgot you know that fable existed for a while yes well fable was really sort of the tipping point of when he started falling into ridicule and that i mean it was okay to lie about games but go uh godus was a kickstarter and sort of well you're messing with people's personal money and that and it's a different story i think mm -hmm. that's really the, the end of the tale for him oh gosh oh so it was a kickstarter it was a Kickstarter, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's bad enough that we have what's going on with, with Star Citizen, so I hate to see that mm. kind of thing happen for other people in their games. Um, I, I had no idea Peter was falling into that kind of trap. Now, Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, with no, with F the Fable series, I, I didn't really... I wasn't aware of the game Fable until it came out. And to mm. me, it looked like, oh, it's just this role-playing game where you can just do whatever the hell you want to. Looking yeah. back into it, it feels like baby's first RPG to me. Mm. And from from what I understand, Peter Molyneux was making these gigantic promises about what you were able to do in Fable, and and some of it, so much of it, just didn't fall into place. Um, yeah. So so you you feel it was more of just him biting more than he could chew. Yeah, he's, he's making stupid claims like uh, you could plant an acorn and it will grow into a tree and that, and nothing ever happened like that. 
I remember that claim. Yeah. yeah. Do you remember any others that uh, that he promised? Uh, I f- I'm not quite sure. I think there's stuff, stuff like multiplayer and that. Wasn't it kids and, uh, too? Like possibly, yeah. Kids. Yeah, kids and get married and stuff like that. I think that you could, could get married in the game, but it's very sort of limited. It's just a person that you could put a ring on, really. Which I suppose and, which really is marriage, really. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think uh, Todd Howard falls into the same kind of thing where it's like he he makes all different kinds of promises of what a Bethesda game is going to be able to do and then the game comes out and all these promises just didn't yeah. happen like you it still, just works it just works okay so yeah. what did you how did you feel when following what's going on with Fallout 76 did you buy the game did you try it out I did I ordered one with a helmet and think I got the crappy lunch uh, the bag crappy plastic bag with it I remember that. I played it once. I played it for a few hours one night, and I've not touched it since, unfortunately. What do you just... think would would save Fallout seventy six? Uh, I think uh, I don't know. I, th- I think uh, bringing in NPCs was a good is a good idea. Basically, they just want to make it a normal Fallout game with other people wandering around with you. Really, I think that's what they need to do. That's really that's all the... I could ask for, mm. including NPCs that steal my shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, yeah, you can somebody steal your shit and then you can put a bounty on them and get somebody, another player to hunt them down for you. That'd <laughs> so, be quite fun. God. So with, uh, with the Fable games, uh, did you enjoy the Fable 1, 2, 3 games? Or... No, I found it boring. I found it really boring. They're oh, really God. God. I mean, I feel like they really want to be Zelda, but it's just half the fun's taken out of it Okay, for me. Well, yeah, I, I think that's that's the case too. For somebody who has never gotten into role playing games, and hmm. you you pick up Fable for the first time, I think you're gonna have a good time. But uh, I, I remember back then, I I saw a copy of Morrowind at GameStop, and I asked, "Is it like Fable?" And the the rep just <laughs> laughed at me for it. <laughs> it's like get out yeah, exactly this is like if you go from Morrowind to to fable then you're going to be incredibly mm. bored by that yeah so what do you look for in a good game uh i don't know i just i like sort of certain styles of games and stuff like that uh mm-hmm. i don't know i just i'm not sure i'm not sure i mean it's yeah it's a, of the develop, it's developer a broad subject as well. Mm. It's a broad subject. Let's let's talk into okay. Let's let's say fable. Like, what would you change about it to make it something that you would want to enjoy? Uh, I think they should they should have gone. They should have just ripped off Zelda. To be honest, with it, really, rather than just do it, yeah, just instead of doing all this sort of. He loves. He's got a real hard on for doing like, oh, you could be a good boy, good boy guy, and a bad guy in games and that. And it's basically, and then they give you all these moral things that you have to play the good person to get all the achievements and good ending and stuff like that so so it forces you to be to play the good way otherwise you get a terrible game (laughs) a terrible game a terrible ending so there's no point putting morals in a game that forces you to be good yeah i mean like a like morally too linear yeah no i mean well it's it's like coerce you into being a good guy and and most people want to be to play it good as well i mean there's not many people who go out of the way to play completely evil yeah. Uh, do you think you'd prefer seeing like uh, morally gray areas in the games? Uh, I think so. I think there should be some sort of uh, you can't win either way type choices to give. Mm-hmm. 
Now, with uh, with games journalism, this is something that you and I both uh, share an interest in. Uh, what do you think of uh, the recent changes that have been coming about? For instance, Jason Schreier of Kotaku left. Uh, we have all these new websites like TechRaptor. What's your take on uh, the journalism of today? I think they're at war with YouTube at the moment, with sort of YouTubers and Twitch streamers as well, but they're taking their sort of a position as a recommended, uh, you know, as the main sort of source of information. Okay. Um, what do you think that uh, that these websites like Kotaku should be doing instead of just being at war with YouTube? Uh, well, they, they could start by removing any personal politics from their videos, from their opinions and stuff like that. Because, you know, we're just here to listen about what, you know, what games are coming out. We don't want to hear about bloody what racism or socialism and stuff like that in it. We don't care. We just want to talk about games. Yeah. And I feel like we noticed a breaking point for that back in 2014. As far as uh, the evolution of gaming so far, you've been around for quite a while in gaming history, and you've been able to watch the evolution for the consoles, the games. Uh, what has been your impression on where games have gone so far? Uh, well, they, I think they're getting a, quite homogenized, really. They're getting a bit more vanilla, and there's less uh, risks taken outside of the indie stuff. Then again, most indie stuff is trying to just rip off retro stuff at the moment as well, which is kind of baffling. Yeah, you've noticed that trend too. Yeah, it's like, oh, look, it's it's just like an NES game. Is it? No, it's not because an NES couldn't do that. <laughs> what you're putting in it, and yeah. they get they get it they get it wrong, but they purposely make the game look as terrible as possible. These really terrible looking eight bit sprites. But back then, they were trying to make their sprites look as good as possible. So they get the the thing wrong. Nobody would commission a game that looked that terrible back then with the sprites so they need to make them look as good as possible as it were i'm yeah. terrible for words at the moment <laughs> well i and i think i i think i get you where you're going from though i mean with uh, the nes and the super nes like we had such a disadvantage on what we were able to do graphically that people had to be creative with it yeah and that made things yeah, basically more the limited resources you got they tried to do their best with it yeah yeah, and meanwhile, the people that are trying to cre to recreate that retro look, they don't mm. have the same kind of limitations. It's like having this this open world of creativity, but not quite sure how to best implement it. Exactly. I mean, they should limit it. They should limit themselves. Maybe using an old engine. Uh, I remember uh, Sega brought an old uh, engine for the PS2 re-release of Fantasy Zone Two. They used their original arcade board technology. Engine model, I think it's model 16 or something. So, yeah, if they could maybe use an old game engine, that would help quite a bit. And also, they could port it to the original console as well. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, there is a few people who do that. Tanglewood used original Genesis hardware to, to get it to work, and that's being released on Steam. I like so that they, idea. Yeah, a few people do do that. So, that would be a great way of limiting themselves. I mean, I'd love to use old arcade hardware, personally. I'd love to see Konami make another fighting game like Ninja Turtles or Simpsons. Well, I mean, we need our we need our gambling machine machines, brother. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, so what was your first, uh, your first gaming system that you played? Uh, it was Atari 2600. My brother bought it, and it's sort of a hand-me-down type thing. That was a cool, yeah, but we called it a VCS because we never got the 5200 over here. 
Okay. And uh, is that what helped kickstart your, your love for gaming? Or what do you think was that that big point that happened? I think that was that. I did get quite addicted to playing uh, Atari games and stuff. And I got the first computer I got was an Amstrad CPC. And that's sort of oh, the old excuse to help you with your homework. And so, unfortunately, there's no games I ever played from homework. But <laughs> and- so, yeah, that's. So that sort of uh, yeah got me going, and then I got a master system as my own personal first console. Okay, and were there any systems that you you had as a kid or growing up, and uh, maybe like your this is something that you have that you don't have uh, a lot of other friends owning? Like for for instance, I had the uh, the Sega Nomad when I was a kid. Oh yeah. And it's like nobody else knew what the fuck that system was. Did you have any kind of instances like that growing up? Uh, I'm sh- mostly I stuck to stuff. A lot of kids uh, when secondary school, uh, they all had Amigas and stuff like that. And I still had a, I had a Mega Drive when not many people had one then, I suppose, because mm-hmm. everybody else had an Amiga. So that was one thing, really. But um, no, I bet I... I I, I did collect obscure machines and stuff like that. I had a Neo Geo at one point as well. So that was quite obtuse compared to anybody else. Yeah, tell us about some of the obscure machines you've had. Uh, Well, I, th- I think there's nothing that you've probably not ever heard of and stuff like that. I mean, I imported a PC engine from Japan and stuff like that. Uh, I can't... Most of it... Well, most of the stuff was ridiculously expensive and I couldn't afford it because I didn't have a job back then. I was still in school, so most of the sort of obscure Japanese machines I never owned until much later on. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I think it was a Neo Geo uh, PC engine and stuff like that it was the most obscure stuff back then I had. I mean, nowadays I, I collect um, I collect uh, development consoles at the moment. So the, really? Uh, con- yes. Okay, I, I want to hear about this. How do you uh, collect your uh, developer development consoles, and what do you? I feel like this is such a, a a question that would demand a simple answer, but like, hmm. what are you doing with uh, development consoles? Oh, well, I just uh, I think it's a they got more interesting history because they got a personal thing. I mean, I bought the uh, Wii development console that the remake of Goldeneye was made on, and I think it was machine i've got so it's got a personal information and i've got the the playstation 2 development console where a spongebob SquarePants game was made on so oh my quite, god yeah and they come all the way from australia for some reason but yeah do you have any idea which spongebob game that was i don't i'm trying to find information i mean <sighs> i did i think one of the uh it was also had uh one of the uh dukes of hazard games developed on it as well but i might be wrong there so so oh lots god, of alien yeah, there's loads of Dukes of Hazard games. There's about, I think there's a good three. Oh God. Okay. Um, God, I'm gonna have to look into that. That's gonna be a weird rabbit hole for me to look into at some point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, games, games based on obscure TV shows from the seventies. What's that? I said games based on old TV shows. Oh yeah, it's yeah. it's it's crazy to see the kind of games that are made from TV shows that like you've never either we've never heard of or that we just stopped thinking of. Yeah. Uh, in fact, exactly. uh, Weirdo, who is actually in the Discord, uh, listening in while we record the episode, oh, uh, he has mentioned that uh, uh, he has an Atari 2600 with ET in it. Ooh. 
Ooh, so I do wonder how he picked that up. All those copies have buried them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, God, it's still strange that they buried those copies. Um, so you think they give them away for free or something, wouldn't you? I mean, it'd be a lot easier to give them away for free than to spend all that money burying them. I figure they buried it because uh, the like the game just made them look bad, and so maybe yeah. that they thought that was a better idea than like having everybody know that the game exists. Now mm. I could be I could be wrong on this, but I do remember hearing that ET almost killed the gaming franchise, or was that something else? I'm trying to remember. Uh, well, it's what a North American video game crash. It might be what you're thinking of. Yeah, that's Is the it? one. Yeah, it's that, that. But worst thing was that. ET actually sold pretty well. Sold all, uh, well over like seven million copies, and oh, that was ridiculous geez. back then. Uh, it was actually Pac-Man that really caused it—the video game crash. It's just everybody think likes of say Atari and uh, ET instead because it's a more sto- interesting story. Oh, but okay. the Pac-Man Atari game was absolutely terrible, and apparently they even pro- they even pushed they even printed the wrong one as well. <laughs> oh, so they printed the wrong version. They had a more complete version of Pac-Man, but they didn't release it or it's a, the pitch prototype he made uh was the one that they printed or published i don't know what's, what is the proper word for video games being is it printed or oh i, was cre- I created i think i don't know oh. yeah. <laughs> yeah they're being they're, yeah they're being built or whatever it is yeah well that's the word yeah that's a good question yeah mm. i've always said printed because i think it's the easiest it makes they sense only print boards and stuff like that so it makes sense. So or pressed, pressed maybe for CDs. There we go. Yeah, we pressed. Go. Now, uh, with with you mentioning how there are people that are publishing certain games on, uh, like cartridges for Genesis, for instance, mm. with uh, with that possibly becoming a trend, the the systems of the heyday are oxidizing they're breaking down like they're not built to last forever no of course you, not. what do you think will happen do you think there's going to be maybe a surge of companies like sega deciding hey let's just go ahead and um create or just just have a bunch of these systems manufactured and sent out to people or do you think something is going to take over for the oxidized systems uh, well, hopefully they get their act together and brought out some sort of virtual console to release the stuff on. But people will say, well, I've got these copies already. Uh, I don't think they they see enough of a profit in there to, to release re-release a console, unfortunately. Yeah. I mean, what I'd like what I'd like is a, is a console of a cartridge port and maybe some online capabilities so you could download the games onto it as well if you wanted to. Oh, that'd be fantastic. To have a, like, a virtual store, yeah. Yeah. I like that idea. Mm. Uh, I mean, I wonder if it's going to have some sort of resurgence like like vinyl has had, where mm. now we've got all these brand new record players because people are wanting to listen to their, their old records. Mm. Uh, I've wondered if gaming is ever going to have that kind of thing. Like, there, there are Retron systems. I don't know if you've heard of those. Yeah, yeah uh, I have, yeah. Those I don't see selling very often, but for someone like myself, like I don't want to use the the uh, AV cord adapters to HDMI. I just want to be able to no. plug in straight into my TV. No, exactly. Yeah, they look. Uh, AV looks terrible on HD TV nowadays as well. Oh, absolutely! It makes my eyes bleed. Mm. I mean, you could use something like a Frame Meister, but they're ridiculously expensive, like three hundred dollars, just to upscale a, a crappy picture. It doesn't look that great. 
mm-hmm. to be honest. No, it doesn't. Um, God, so I, I wonder what's going to happen from the future here. Do you think that uh, maybe... So you mentioned about virtual consoles. Um, mm. So there are tons of us that are uh, running emulators. Or yeah. do you think maybe at some point these companies might release some sort of like emulation software for themselves? It would be a nice thing to do. I mean, they, they sort of have. Uh, Sega released a collection of Genesis games for the Dreamcast, and they put sort of how to burn your own ROMs onto the disc and to another disc. They taught you how to do it, sort of a secret file on the disc. They did? Yeah. I mean, it's not very good emulator. The sound, it's one of those early ones where the sound is awful on it. Uh, but, it, you know, it's, it's nice that they sort of turn... I think it's more of them turning a blind eye that, you know, they're not going to see any profit out of re-releasing NBA Jam, are they ever? No. Because it's going to be such a logistical <laughs> nightmare. I mean, it's such a logistical nightmare trying to get licenses as well for these old games, so we're never going to see them again. So they're not going to lose any money. So they turn up, you know, they have got the legal right. We're just going to turn a blind eye. And also, a claim don't exist anymore as well. So, who actually owns the rights to the Genesis version of NBA Jam? I mean, oh that would be like a yeah, absolute nightmare. What happened to a claim? Do you know? Uh, they they went bust sort of in the sort of middle of the PS2 Xbox era. I think the last, the last game they released was uh, Legends of Wrestling 3 Showdown. And they went, literally went bust about a week after they come out. Oh my god! Yeah, I haven't heard the name Acclaim in years, and I wondered what happened. I do. I think um, if I recall, sort of the name got banded around again, a bit like Atari. You know, these various companies using the name to sort of hitchhike their products over. But I believe the actual Acclaim themselves, whoever bought them, uh, they do have like a lot of an online casino now. Mm-hmm. I'm not hundred percent, but yeah. Uh, Games Trader One thought he owned the rights to the name because he was going to release his own games, but they turned out they didn't quite own the rights to the actual name. Well, or something like that. A bit of a bit of a legal jump, jumbo. <laughs> so, <Blah>. what, <laughs> what do you feel about the um, uh, these gaming companies like like Konami now turning towards the the gambling machines to make their money? Well, it's only in Japan, really. I mean, you know, I've never seen any Pachinko machines outside of Japan. Uh, I, th- I think they just uh, sort of... What they should do is just license the name out to other companies if they're not going to prepare to do it themselves and that maybe have a bit of oversight for the quality control. But it seems a bit weird that they're sort of taking their ball home, really, with the properties because everybody wants a new Silent Hill. I think a new Metal Gear Solid would be nice. Everybody's been begging for Mystical Ninja, another one for them for years, but... The problem is also they're a Japanese company and they don't, they say, you know, you like what we tell you you like. You don't, we don't listen to demand. <laughs> it's a sort of arrogance they have. Sorry, it, it but is. it's true. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we tell you what you like, not the other way around. Yeah. No. Whereas American and European companies are all and open to say, oh, you know, we'd love you to, we'd love to make a new game. You know, there's always lots of demand. And Oh, absolutely. Um, mentioning how th- these companies should license out their their IPs it reminds me of when Axiom Verge came out and hmm. I, I I think it was I think it was this game where the developers were uh told they were they were like ripping off Metroid and they said well if Nintendo's going to if Nintendo's not going to make any Metroid games then who is exactly so and then they, well, they did make another well they remade Retroid 2 didn't they for the Switch recently oh, for the 3DS Oh yeah, 
Yeah. And oh, no, they took down another Metroid 2 remake, didn't they? They took that guy down. They see indeed him. I mean, some people are making fantastic games with their properties and that. Do you remember that? Uh, somebody made a, a Battle Royale game out of Super Mario Brothers. It was absolutely fantastic. No. It was only up for about... Yeah, uh, Mario Royale. There's videos of it on YouTube. It's an absolutely fantastic game. <laughs> I got to look this up now. Yeah, it's really. I loved it. And he, t- he took away the Mario sprites, so they still see indeed him and that. But yeah, basically, it's like a, a massive speed run against 100 other people and that. And you can screw other people over by getting fire flowers and shooting them and stuff like that. And getting people killed and stuff like that but it was a it was fantastic i am so surprised nintendo didn't think of it i mean they done a battle royale out of tetris didn't they for the switch so why can't they make a battle royale out of and everybody's doing battle royales at the moment mm-hmm. yeah yeah too many battle royales right now i mean i was kind of i was kind of cool to see um like call of duty uh, jumping into the oh battle i love royales. that I've, i absolutely love warzone I'm really addicted to that. I think it's definitely one of the best battle royale. It's better than the uh, Black Ops Four one they done a couple of years before really? last year. Yeah, I didn't like. I didn't get on with that. There's far too much open space in uh, Black Ops Four battle royale, so you can always get sniped by some random bastard. But yeah, so but yeah, it's more confined. There's more sort of places to hide behind, I think, and it seems to be more fair. I don't know why, but I last. I mean, I've gotten chicken dinners on there several occasions now. <laughs> Often by being a pussy, just hiding the helicopter on the top of the map. <laughs> <laughs> is chicken dinner just? Is that only from uh, PUBG? It's, it's from PUBG, but everybody refers to a win as a chicken dinner. I feel. I mean, all of my friends do. Yeah, and everybody knows what they're talking about when they say, oh, "I've got a chicken dinner." <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> And beat down KFC. They know what they're talking about. So. <laughs> See, I, I need I need PUBG to keep up in popularity because that one is that one is is my game as far as battle royale goes. I, I like I like uh, PUBG. I play it on the Xbox mostly, but uh, yeah, I got friends who play it. I'm not just not very good at it. I'm very random to get a uh, a chicken dinner on that one. Oh yeah, um, with uh, with Fortnite. Well, that's, more, that's more of a serious game isn't it it's got like proper physics and stuff like that and yes yes i've had so many amazing uh memories of just my my buddies and i in a team together and trying to survive as long as possible and it, man my my butthole just puckered up every yeah. time i hear it oh, yeah, in distance. you can hear your bloody heart half the time can't you <laughs> exactly exactly do you think that we're going to have a battle royale game to uh to to top the king which is fortnite oh i fucking hate fortnite to be honest i've it's just driving me nuts with kids building everywhere you know you know it's okay yeah i I hate it too i absolutely hate that fucking game yes i was in it for the I, i was i was in it for quite a while and then all of a sudden i'm just kind of looking around and i just realized that well, this is actually kind of bland now that I start mm. looking at it. Because if you look at it close enough, you start kind of realizing that it's just there, there's no real complexity other than just kind of reflexes and just building as fast as humanly yeah, possible. Build as yeah. Now, yeah, if you yeah. trying to have a fight with someone, they start building a house around you. It's like, God damn, that's just the Tower yeah. of Babel. What are you people doing? This is like Adderall. <laughs> This is this is what Adderall looks like. <laughs> it's a bloody pay to win babysitter, really, isn't it? That, yeah. Oh my like, god! Uh, I can I can just I can just pay give Epic ten bucks. 
<laughs> that way my child can shut up for the rest of the weekend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a win for me. The, the thing about Fortnite, and, and I've said this for quite a long time, is that it, it is a uh, it is containment. It works as containment so that other people and other kids don't get into my multiplayer games. Yes. Actually, I, I, so, yeah. I, I, I'd argue against it to a certain point. Why is that? I think Fortnite, I think it's going to start turning into a gateway where people are like, okay, well, I've done all I can in Fortnite. Ooh, what's this? It's a Team Fortress 2. That oh, has <laughs> Fortress and stuff like that. So it's basically it's a Fisher Price of Battle Royales. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gonna be a Fisher it's gonna be a Fisher Price because like now we're starting to get into Warzone. Now it's like okay, you had your fun with your building and your haha floss de- floss mm. dance. Here's Warzone. You have fun with that. Oh, you don't like Warzone? We have other games that are more adult like and in, in a certain sense. I think that's what Fortnite is starting to turn into. Instead of this, like it's supposed to be this giant powerhouse of like everyone and their mother wants to play it they want to get good at it so that way they can achieve you know the the million dollars that that one kid grabbed at that tournament Hmm. and uh and that kid who lost his channel for cheating oh yeah oh god he cried i i burst out laughing in the middle of work when i was reading that article (laughs) because uh, yeah like i'm like oh my god like Oh no, he's 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 lost his gigantic channel. Where is he living now? He's living in his like other seven million dollar house. Yeah, yeah, in his like, oh, fucking no, mansion. I'm like, oh my god. And I'm, oh god, it was just. Uh, but I do think that after a while, we'll start seeing that people are going to move away from Fortnite because they'll they just get bored. They're just getting bored with it. Pros that play the game are starting to get bored with it, so they're going elsewhere. They're yeah. going to Valorant. I've not heard of that. Yeah, so Valorant is Riot Games. They finally achieved the S at the end of their name instead of just being Riot Game, League of Legends. Mm. But Valorant is supposed to be like this Overwatch, Counter-Strike Global Offensive mishmash where you have heroes and then you and, and, and they have abilities, but you don't respawn when you die. Oh, okay. So it's basically turning Overwatch into a battle royale. Yeah, which I'm surprised well, hasn't happened yet, really. To be yeah, honest. Well, it's 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 more like it's more like a Counter Strike instead of a battle royale. I'm pretty sure they're going to turn it into a battle royale at some point. Hmm. But people are starting to come over to there. They're they're. It's just it's it's remarkable of how fast people when when they look at something they they can start noticing if it is an actual good game, and then they'll start going away from it. And so. Uh, I have a friend at work that says that his kid really loves Fortnite. And then all of a sudden he noticed on his kid's console that he has like paladins. It's like, Stev, do you know what paladins is? Like I tell him about that and like, huh, that I, I, I never knew that he would be getting into that sort of game. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I guess let's see if he has fun with this. And apparently he's been having a hell of a lot of fun with it. So wow. I think there's also Realm Real, that sort of, they go over to that quite a bit. Yeah, yeah they, they'll they'll go over to that, they'll go over to Smite, oh Jesus. But, yeah, I, I will stick by my guns and say that Fortnite is going to be a gateway hmm. instead of having a per, instead of having a very big and permanent audience. Hmm. So we can have people going from Fortnite to down the road having a, a big titty 
uh, Black Desert Online Girl. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I already spent way too much money on these sorts of games. See, oh, God. see, Steph, Steph is an example of what can happen when a game that an anime game has this kind of reach. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, you know what the messed up part of it is? I haven't actually played the game. I've just been chopping down trees. Excuse me. It's Minecraft just, all over again. It's just Minecraft, but it's like, God, the graphics are amazing. It's, but at at the same time, it like, it turns into Valve. Valve stopped making games and started making money. In Black Desert Online, you stop becoming an adventurer and just become a rich person. You pay other people to make money for you. That's what Black Desert Online turned into for me. And so right now, I can literally just get back on my, back on one of my random characters. Doesn't matter what it is. I'll open up my inventory and be like, oh hey, I have over a billion currency right now. I guess I'll turn the game off again. Oh, oh. it's a bit like that adventure capitalist game where you just press some buttons and just leave it. Let it come back to it. Oh, look, I've got more money. Oh, look, I have more money. Oh, man. Yeah. Hey, you're supposed to be like helping to destroy the darkness in the world. Nah, I want to make money. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just send someone else to go and do that for me. Yeah. What, what good is peace in the world when you're broke? Yeah, like, <laughs> damn. I have, a, I have this gigantic house, and I have servants that do these things for me. <laughs> Why do I need to leave my house again? So, your, your book, Larry, you've got... Uh, yeah. Fact Hunt. Fascinating, yeah. funny, and downright bizarre facts about video games. And I see that this is on uh, on Amazon. You can buy the Kindle or the hardcover edition. So True, yes. Oh, I think it's coming out on Amazon America this month. For some reason, it came out in, from, in May for some reason. I don't know why. But yeah, he's coming out this month in Amazon America. Okay. We just imported from Amazon UK if you want. And... <laughs> And tell us about this book. You, you've uh, you were pretty excited to be able to release this thing. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was quite fun. I've, I I went for this sort of sort of Guinness Book of Records, Ripley's Believe It or Not type big book uh, that you just read for five minutes and put down. Sort of thing you take into the toilet with you to read while you're doing business. <laughs> or in other words, a, a perfect coffee table book. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I call it I like to I call it a toilet book, really. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, so this was published in 2020, right? Yes. Yeah. So this is just out, just brand new. And uh, do you plan on doing more books or do you think you're going to pause on that for quite a while? I would like to. Uh, that took three years of my life away uh, and it really sort of damaged my YouTube career. That's why my channel's gone all downhill because I'm not being able to make as many videos as I'd like to because I've been working on that bloody book. Well, and also, there's some, really, there's some really good scripts in there. I wish I made into videos as well. I said, oh, why not do that? I can't make a video on it now. Well, oh. yeah, I, I don't. I didn't think that your your channel was getting hit because I was I was still subscribed to it while you were oh, working on the book and releasing it. But... Yeah, well, I think the content didn't go out as quickly as I'd originally hoped. I mean, I'd probably be a lot more popular right now if I had remained the same consistency as I had before. But yeah, I started back 2017, and I only just finished. I mean, it's literally. About weeks before the book came out, I was still writing captions for the photos in the book. So, do you get to to walk up to random ladies and tell them, "Hey, uh, you know, I I am an author. Uh, my name is Larry," and, and introduce well, no, yourself no, that way? 
not with the lockdown at the moment, no. It's, <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's basically a giant paperweight at the moment for me, but yeah. <laughs> or, okay, you, you, you search for babes on, on Tinder or uh, whatever apps you have for this, and the first thing you say is, hey, I, I'm an author. Yeah. Oh, Immediately, my... waterfalls. Well, yeah, I think most of the people on that my site God. can't even read, so I don't think they're interested in the book. So, <laughs> so I, I'm I'm very happy for you that you were able to release this book, and I do think that more people should be picking this up. Uh, oh, thank you, Larry. Is there anything else uh, with your your channel or anything that you're working on that you want to plug? Uh, not really. Uh, next video you might like. I'm working on at this moment in time it is um three gang journalists who are fired for giving their opinion. Oh, see, one of my favorite videos that you did was uh, uh, was talking about the secret messages written in the game code by pissed off developers. Oh, yes. Yes. I managed to get three videos of that. There's so many. I've got probably like a fourth one. Yeah. Oh, those were so fun. Damn it. Yes. So, uh, everybody, if you have not subscribed to Larry Bundy Jr., go to YouTube.com and look up Larry Bundy Jr. Give him a subscribe. Or it's just you. YouTube.com slash Larry. Oh, there you go. Even easier. I've got a vanity address, yeah. Yeah, and your your YouTube videos are so... They're so compact in in all the knowledge. Like, you just sponge information, which is incredible. Yeah, I I, I try to make it like an old TV show, really. Just trying to get to the point as much as possible. I don't want to sort of keep blathering on about pointless stuff and that, because I think that gets boring. And And like I said, I come come from television, so it's all, you know, always... you could get fired for dead air, really. Oh, completely. so I always try to keep it as interesting as possible and try to keep not, you know, silence as to a minimum. Do you have a good, difficult time doing that sometimes? Uh, sometimes was it? Sometimes it's padding. I was, you know, I used to keep putting a couple of jokes in if I run out of things to say and stuff like that. But yeah, it's I just, totally uh, but I'm pretty lucky so far. Uh, luckily, there's so much information that most of the time I have to cut it out rather than put it in. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So, guys, subscribe to Larry Bundy Jr. Larry, thank you so mm-hmm. much for taking your time to join and talk to us here. Oh, mm-hmm. you're very welcome. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, so for those that are listening, if you want to support us, we have a few ways of doing so. Uh, share the show. Uh, we want to be able to spread the the uh, the show like a venereal disease as much as possible. Fuck. <laughs> Go to Facebook.com slash Arrogant Media. Give us a like. Share the show with whoever you think would be interested in listening to it. Doesn't matter who. Uh, whether you're listening through... Uh, iTunes, Google Play, we're on Stitcher, we are also on Spotify, and even iHeartRadio. I was super excited to be able to do that. But anyways, if you want to financially support us, we have patreon.com slash arrogantmedia for $5 per month to get access into the Discord server. And right now we have uh, our top supporters, Hitmonkey and Weirdo, who have been listening in as we record this episode. Guys, thank you so much. It means so much to us. And until next time, fall damage. Okay. Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast Shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. 
Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network.